Welcome to Align Your Practice, an exploration of the seamless relationship between the business of chiropractic and the future of natural health care. Join us as we engage with an array of talent, from seasoned experts to passionate new entrepreneurs. Now, here's your host, Dr. Joe Esposito. Hello, this is Dr. Joe Esposito. We're excited for this edition of Align Your Practice podcast. I have a special guest and a dear friend of mine, Dr. Rennie Edelson. How are you? I'm great. Great to be here. Thanks for having me today. Yeah, so Rennie, I wanted to just start by letting the listeners know, uh, a lot of people listening probably know you. Uh, you're, you're becoming an icon in the profession. I think you're, I think you're there, 39 years in practice. And I just want to frame out some of your background that, that some of it I didn't even know, so people can know who they're listening to. But you actually, um, me being part, you and I being part of a, a national franchise, the Line Life, you were actually one of the founding members of the first group uh, that created a franchise many years ago called uh, Chiropractic USA and, and trudged through the pathway for all of us behind you to uh, actually start building this franchise network that's available in the profession. So I want to thank you for that right off the bat. But you were also uh, one of the first doctors who got hospital privileges, which is a big deal when we were shunned by medicine for so long. To actually break through that is, is amazing. You're also a chiropractor for the Miami Dolphins, chiropractor for the Panthers. Uh, and you're, you were actually friends with some of my mentors. I didn't have the close relationship, but people like Sigafus, people like Ian Grossom, uh, I know you were a part of C.J. Mertz's movement many years ago. So uh, it's interesting. Today we're going to be talking about personal injury. And I want Dr. Um, Edelson to kind of explain his journey because I know Dr. Edelson as a principled, subluxation, high-philosophy practitioner. And when he said he was doing work in personal injury, I was kind of like, I didn't understand it. <laughs> so why don't you talk a moment about um, – just a few moments about the journey that I just framed out for you and then how you got from there to become literally an expert in managing personal injury. So um, it'd be my pleasure to do so. So, and, and it's probably a longer story than I could, we have time for today. So I'll just kind of hit some broad strokes at the very beginning of my practice in the early years. Um, one of the things that like you mentioned was the hospital staff privileges. We were doing work, uh, with post-traumatic stress disorder people. And these are people that, for a multitude of reasons, either whether they served um, the country um, or they actually were some sort of a job where they got injured on the job and they were being drugged to half to death and never were rehabbed properly, they wound up having all kinds of problems. And so we've kind of found this niche where, um, hey, who's better to run that wing in the hospital than a chiropractor. You know, they have people like PTs and stuff like that. And we wound up really filling the beds in the hospital um, and really getting them rehabbed and started introducing chiropractic. And this was in a charter, private charter group hospitals in Miami. Um, and it was really, really awesome. But my practice, my personal practice grew so big that I had to make a choice. You know, which way am I going to go? Am I going to take the big check from the hospital or am I going to? So to me, I went into chiropractic because I wanted to save the planet. So that wasn't my goal wasn't to. I just wanted to crack that nut 
and and be able to get into the hospital. And that was pretty cool, um, you know, to be able to say, check, I did that. Um, along that journey, also becoming and, and getting really close with people like Shula and the people, his really dear friends, um, where I got to uh, be, be the preferred chiropractor for the Miami Dolphins. And then after three years, I was with uh, the Florida Panther Hockey Association. And, um, you know, I learned a lot from these guys. I mean, they were all really run by the orthopedic groups and the PTs. And there really wasn't a lot of room for me to be able to make um, leadership decisions or like have the conversations that I would have in my, in my regular practice with the players. But what quickly happened, as most of the listeners are going to appreciate, is that chiropractors tend to become part of your family. You know, and so we have we're relationship building people, you know, medical doctors, not so much. Right. So next thing you know, I'm friends with all of these players. And um, and so I, I get to participate in a feel good Friday moment where, you know, they're all lined up and say, hey, doc, can you do this hip and knee thing that you did? A man that really helped me. I was running like fire after that and i go yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna save your life first and then i'll go ahead and look at that hip thing okay and then they'll be like uh, okay all right cool you know and so like i constantly was just embedding a little philosophy and then they wanted more so but what i found out quickly through that process was that um really what they were trying to do is and i know everybody's familiar with this just get them back in the game they have the biggest investment in these players and anything that they need, they get. Anything that they need, they can get. The problem is, is that they'll use them up until they can't any longer. And then they're done. Well, that kind of sounds like a mechanistic approach that we know philosophically and chiropractic doesn't go. Tinker with the body, tinker with the body, tinker with the body until you can't tinker with it anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Just get what you can out of it, right? Right. So- Let's move into, you know, this, the concept of personal injury. Let, frame it out because there are some students on here. Let's get really one-on-one here and let's get into this conversation a little. What is personal injury just as an entity for those that know nothing about? It? I mean, my definition is different than, than what most people would think. It's, you know, when, you, when you're analyzing a practice and you're, and you're and you're looking at the metrics of attraction into your office, right? We're lo- we're looking at what's the mechanism of injury. Like, was one of the first questions that you're asking. And I love framing this out for students because they're so close to you know the diagnosis and all the things that you have to learn that you that you have to learn to forget in order to run a successful business. <laughs> yeah. um, but but they're closer to that entity. And it's easy to have this conversation with somebody that's young coming out of school. So, you know, you have to have clinical excellence. You have to be able to go into an exam and, yes, understand orthopedic neurological testing. You got to understand when you're reading x-rays. But the definition of a, of, a, of a personal injury to me is somebody that was involved in an injury. The mechanism of injury was probably more motor vehicle oriented. And now now that could be on a bicycle, it could be on a golf cart, it could be a slip and fall, but that would be categorically a personal injury. So so automobile accidents is the highest prevalence of someone who comes in in a case with personal injury. But if I tripped on the curb 
and fell and hurt my back. Is that a personal injury? I mean, I would think so. Yeah. Yeah. So there are anything where there's actually a causative action, some type of trauma where you were injured by something. But the most common one is, is these car accidents, right? People are getting hit. They're getting injured. So the, uh, the, there has always been, and I, I told you this before we got on, I honestly wouldn't see a personal injury patient because I was under the assumption that they were not true. It wasn't real. There was like a scam or some kind of issue with it. And I, I felt kind of silly, uh, but that's what I, I remember in school. That was the kind of feeling I was given. But I felt kind of silly because I had a personal injury case come in, torticollis, can't move her neck, been an accident four days ago. The amount of edema around T1 and T3 was insane. The amount of swelling coming off. I got a cooked eggs on the posterior aspect of the, of the cervical spine. I was shocked at the amount of trauma. And she was giving drugs and drugs and drugs and then a neck brace. And she came in a week later. And I was sitting there like, I'm not accepting personal injury cases. Why? This person was suffering, and I know what they needed more than anything was chiropractic care. So it opened my eyes to like learn really about the essence. Why is there a negative? Has there been a following negative stigma? And and you being a subluxation based chiropractor, and just real quickly, how did you bring such integrity? Because I visited your practice and I was blown away to the management of these cases versus what you hear as a stereotype. So. Not not different than yourself, Dr. Joe. I did not get into this personal injury type uh, service until way later in practice. Now, I dabbled with it for a lot of years, but um, I didn't really fully dive in until almost 30 years into wow. practice. If you think wow. about that, it's and because and, and what I and took prepared five years of credentialing at 25 years in practice to get myself to the point where I was, I felt like I understood like an expert certain things that, um, that I can easily communicate and be the expert. So I'm going to, I'm going to reel backwards because listen, you, you asked me a question yeah. and the question kind of would be answered properly in two different ways. Some people want to in chiropractic world, want to be more philosophically based and they're, they don't want to deal with personal injury because they don't want to deal with the paperwork. Other people don't want to be philosophically based. They don't care to educate the world and save the planet one spine at a time and, and, and retain relationships and have a parlay of entire families um, and neighborhoods, you know, for that matter, to come into the practice. Um, they want to just be able to render care and make a lot of money. They don't care about the paperwork. So, so there's those two different kind of philosophies, I think, in chiropractic is some people just say, look, I don't want to go ahead and do these long orientations or any of these type of things. I just want to go ahead and see personal injury when I'm done with them in 30 to 60 days, I'm done. And I get to start fresh again. I don't have to build any relationships. So that's interesting. So you broke it down. If we were to look at the positive and negative, so in personal injury, you have to document, you have to objectively test. There is some work to be done that you could be this philosophical Cairo that is doing great work. If you add objectivity, and it's not change your practice, add objectivity, measure correctly, you can 
offer care to uh, these people that are suffering. On the other side of the coin, you said some people don't want to build relationships. They may be introverted. They may not be good at marketing or building relationships and personal injury. These are people that are hurt. They're referred. You take care of them and it's uh, and it works for them. The stigma part of it, I think it's because there was feelings over the years because there are doctors or attorneys that are into, uh, you know, whether it's cases that aren't real or they're or they're they're not they're out of integrity, basically. And I don't like that that skews the whole um, essence of taking care of personal injury cases. But there is some of that stigma because there's a lot of revenue to be generated from managing and taking care of these people. Is that why there's that stigma is some of the negativity people that are out of integrity in managing these cases? Um, I would think so at some level for sure. But I, you know, I, you know, I have a kind of a different outlook on it and it's, you know, I love chiropractors. They're, you know, my life it's chiropractic is my life. Chiropractors, you know, when I die, I'm going to be able to say, Hey, all of the people that I'm, that I'm closest with are either my practice members, their families, their, or, or chiropractors, right. Surround myself with, uh, you know, with that, but there is still chiropractors that, um, love to be the hero in the story, you know, and if you're going to be a philosophically sound, then you're going to give more praise to the innate intelligence that's inside the body that has way more wisdom than any of the education that you can pick up from any mentor or, or book. And it already knows that cup is already full from birth, from the first, from the womb to the tomb, you know? And so to me, healing is again, above inside out, above down inside out job. It's not an outside in thing. And the chiropractors love to be, some of the chiropractors love to be the hero in the story. You know, you come to me, I'll take care of you. Hey, I did this, you know, good job, pat on the back. I'm your hero. And I'm like, you're not the hero. They're the healer. You're a great mechanic. Pull the car around back and don't talk to me. <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead. You know, I'm like, and I, I love to, because as you know, I've had like 40 associates uh, in my career so far. You know, I find that there's those two types of people. But um, to me, you know, again, when you want to be a philosophically based chiropractor, you know, you have to understand that the philosophy of chiropractic is sound. You know, subluxation interferes with innate intelligence in the body. It's as simple as that. Healing is an inside-out job. Principle number six, you know, there's no process that doesn't require time. When someone's involved in an injury, these people are really injured. And you can say, I'm like, I don't know if is it a scam or what is it? And I'm like, you know what? When someone comes in and I think that they're a malingerer, I can smell it a mile away and I don't accept the case. Okay. I, I kick them out. But what chiropractor have you ever met, Dr. Joe, in their lives, that, in their career, that put x-rays up and you did not find subluxation? <laughs> not too often. Never. It's never yeah. happened. So Yeah, so, so you're saying you can tell the difference. They need care, but you can tell because of your experience those that had a true accident. Now, now you go ahead and you want to take care of this individual that had a true serious trauma. But there's some complexities that, uh, I don't know about scared me, but confused me when I was dealing. I'd like to spend the rest of this time, and we're going to follow up with another podcast talking about management of patients. But the complexity for me is I didn't really know how 
to manage it. There was an attorney in my town that I met, and he asked if I would see people that I had injury. And I said, sure. So he would refer as an attorney to me, and he would kind of like dictate, and then he wants my records, and he's kind of like trying to telling me how to guide this care, and I was just really confused. So you have an attorney, you have a hospital, you have an MD, I'm the chiropractor, you got a patient that's in pain. Give me some ideas on how you manage the complexities of that. Do I just be the chiropractor and do my job or do I have to build relationships with people? And I don't want to make anyone mad and I want to make sure I do the right job for the patient. So give me some scoop on that. All right. Wow. (laughs) That's a lot. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to go a little bit back in my career and say, you know, when I was doing personal injury on the early years, earlier years, when I didn't know as much as I know now, I'm not as much of an expert. I wasn't um, as good um, with the vernacular and being able to explain it. Um, they brought me to court almost every case. So I've probably been to trial like 50 times. And this is, this is now they would never, ever, ever invite me to, invite me to the courthouse because they know they're going to lose their butt. Okay. <laughs> um, but here's the reason why. So the practice member comes into your practice, right? And I'm thinking, what am I great at? I can sit in front of an audience, a healthcare class, a half an hour to health, a better results faster workshop, and I can light that room up, right? I have an audience just like a jury, right? A jury of, the, of my peers that don't know what I know. And if they knew what I knew, they do what I do, right? So, I'm, so I tell the, pra- the person that walks in day one discovery and they're coming in and telling me all of the parts of their body that hurt. And I'm like, look, before we go ahead and get started, let's just come to agreement on a couple of things. Your attorney is salivating and only wants to know about what injuries are new causally related to this injury. The auto insurance adjusters want to blame everything on something that was pre-existing. Okay. And then they go, okay. And I go, here you and I sit, it's both. But they don't care. But Wait, I, I got to stop here. That's so big. So you're saying the attorney is salivating because he's building a case, and the case helps the patient get paid for the suffering, the damage to the car, the loss of work. So he, the attorney is supporting the client, but the attorney is salivating the fact that this client had numerous injuries that he could, with law, substantiate. He got hurt from this incident, and that's his job, and he's salivating on this. And then you're saying the insurance company's job is to say all this new stuff doesn't matter. It wasn't bad. You're fine. Look at how you've been in trauma. You had arthritis. You had accidents before. This is all old. That's their job. So they're saving the stockholders of the insurance company money, that's their job. And then you're sitting with this person and you're telling them it's both. It's all the old stuff and it's all the new stuff. And you're the only one putting both of these together and looking that person in the eye and saying, yeah, it's both. That's, that's. And let me, let me, let me layer it. Let me layer it real quick because now I'm sitting in front of the jury. Right. And I tell this to the practice member, the, the, the potential practice member, right. We're day one. And I go, if I sat in front of a jury and I said, look, you take an old twig and go like this and twist it real quick. And you go ahead and take a brand new branch and go ahead and twist it real quick. Which one's going to be damaged more? 
the old one. There's your answer. And that's the reason why they won't bring me to court. So if you have pre-existing injury and damage to your spine and you have a trauma accident, it's just going to get worse. <laughs> it's going to get so worse. You, so you started off talking about scam. You see, I don't think of it that way. And that's why I just kind of put a, you know, to put a lid on that. It's not a scam. The people have as much as five miles an hour causes three um, G's of force into the body. All of those areas where there was subluxation and degeneration and what I call adaptation over to over years of time, um, literally are aggravated. And that's what we see as the inflammation and the pain and the, you with me? Yeah. And and I never, I never saw, I think maybe one malingerer, but when I was in school, that was a context I got. I may have read it wrong. I may have misunderstood it, but I didn't accept personal injury cases. And I I felt uh, when I first started seeing them, I was like, what am I doing? These people need care. So, um, so I agree with you. Uh, th- this is like such a powerful component of what chiropractic can help because we can get in there immediately. You know, these people are needing surgery. They need care right away. And chiropractic should be helping these injured people that are having auto accidents. So to finish up this particular episode, and we are going to follow up, get a little bit more detailed about how to manage a case. Just the complexity of the relationship that you just explained, which was very interesting. You have the car the insurance provider, you have the attorney, you have the patient, you have yourself. You seem to have mastered this relationship. I was a little nervous that the attorney was trying to tell me what to do and how to do. I enjoyed getting his referrals. I didn't want to hurt that relationship, but my job is to honor the patient. Just in finishing up this session, how do you navigate the respect of that and still honor my patient? Like, how does that? I'm a little two-faced when it comes to that. I will tell you. Uh, you know, like what, what was that guy, the, the villain in Batman, you know, uh, because I have my relationship with, um, you know, with a particular law firm and uh, which is the second largest law firm in the country. And I do I do work almost exclusively with them just because of the integrity that's wrapped around the particular person who runs and owns that uh, that that law firm. So I have a. um you know, a really, really special place and a relationship with these type of people in that way. And philosophically, um, it feels good to me because philanthropically, um, as a result of the profits that we are doing by helping sick people get well and people that are injured get well, um, we go ahead and touch the lives of a lot of people. However, we all know, and I am not shy to tell this to the potential practice member as they're sitting in my room to let them know that the attorneys love to play doctor. They just love to play doctor. They'll say, I need MRIs. I need this. I need that. And I'm like, what degree do you have to go ahead and to make the determination as to what this person needs? So when you said before, and not to, you know, to stand you corrected, but um, I'm the person who's the expert I'm the wellness person, and I'm the person who's building the case. The attorney doesn't build the case. The attorney is not a doctor. And I'm very, very, you know, very firm on that. And literally just two days ago, I had to, I had to have a conversation with one of the attorneys. There's 78 of them in this firm, by the way. Wow. And, and, and I would say my other job is to teach continuing legal education. Oh, okay. 
to those attorneys when they want to know more because they don't understand. They work on a very antiquated philosophical, you know, um, legal uh, foundation that says, hey, you know, I need all of these positive tests. And they don't really care about the providers and who's going to eat what at the other end. At the end of the day, their job is to negotiate a settlement. I'm the person who creates the impairment. I'm the person who's layering up every diagnosis that I have by getting an orthopedic or a neurosurgeon, by making sure that I have all of these other people. So, um, so I'm really, really sound on you know, that I am the expert in the case, they are not. Sometimes I have to have a conversation with the lawyer to make sure that they understand, hey, listen, I appreciate the referral and whatnot, but I'm the doctor on the case, you're not. So let me go ahead and do my job and I will prepare the story. My job is, my other job is to be the author of the story and to present that, the, the information to the lawyer so that they can put a demand in to the insurance company, which I want nothing to do with. So as we substantiate that you're the leader in that case, you're going to do what you need to do to serve that client. And you put the attorney into his place and position that converse of that is a chiropractor that doesn't take good notes. They don't do any other testing. You got ridiculous pain down the leg for three, four months. And they're like, let me just adjust you, adjust you. There's no other diagnostics. That is not the way to handle the case. So although the attorney is maybe pushing it is our job to, for the patient, for their health, and for their case, right, to substantiate that there is damage. And you have to quantify that on behalf of the patient because they're in a case. They are trying to substantiate the damage they achieved. They achieved. So even though you may not think you need this one test for that particular service, that test may give you some more clinical data, but it also may substantiate the case for that patient that really got injured and has some impairment, right? I mean, there's another side of the Kairos that do not do any of the case management, right? I mean, speak to that for a moment. Well, there's, there's minimally 25 value drivers that 95% of the chiropractors are going to miss. And that's scary. And the reason why is because as we get into, into practice, we either get lazy or, you know, we take one of these weekend seminars and we think that we're an expert and, you know, and, and we start following this path and we don't really substantiate the injuries. We know as chiropractors, we're experts in subluxation. If you do flexion extension views, just for example, I don't want to unpack the whole clinical thing. We could do that in another episode. But, you know, you do a flexion, a forced flexion, a forced extension, you're going to see aberrant motion and ligament laxity. Does that, does that matter chiropractically? You bet. You know, the spine is nothing more than the armor protecting the central nerve system, the brain, brain stem, and spinal cord. If you have any type of injury or any type of problem there, it's going to show up on MRI and all of these other things. So clinical excellence is really important. I wanted to know, and I learned from the laureate assistant to the person who invented MRI, which was called NMR, um, up in Stony Brook, and I got a five-year um, program under my belt to read MRI. Why? I don't want to be an expert uh, and go to court and start discussing. I just want to know how to read an MRI and know what it is I'm looking at. You know? Awesome. Okay, so so you see that side too, is that we we as, a, as leaders in the profession and chiropractors to help our 
doctors be able to substantiate objectivity and, and clarify that case for, for the patient as well, which is, I think, a gap in the profession. Well, we're going we're gonna to end it here. That was really, that was really massive, Rennie. The, my biggest takeaway is what you said, two things, and I just want to close up on this. The two things that I took away was I didn't really have that clarity that the insurance company saying everything's old, the attorney saying everything's new, and you're in the middle, totally authentic, telling the patient it's both. That was one. The second one is is the stick. What a great analogy of like new injuries are worse when you have old injuries. That's a fact too. So I, I love those two statements. So hopefully all you listening or watching got some uh, juice out of that. We're going to have Reddy come back in the next episode and we're going to break down a case and actually give you some guidance. Now, you're not going to be an expert like Dr. Edelson after a couple of podcasts, but if you are interested in learning more Dr. Edelson is uh, a senior doctor in the uh, Align Life organization, and we're looking at really bringing in some more principled um, concepts and, uh, and procedures that Rennie recommends that we do to uh, take care of personal injury cases. So any closing thoughts, Rennie? No, I mean, I, I just think, listen, when people walk through the door, you know, we're in the job of saving lives, right? And, um, and when people walk through the door, um, you know, does it matter if they fell off the ladder in the garage or they were involved in an accident or they were just lifting the laundry basket, you know, and pulled their back and said it just started yesterday? You know, um, it doesn't really matter to me. Personal injury can be extremely lucrative, but it needs to be done right. And to me, if you're only doing that and you're doing that exclusive, um, then, you know, um, at, so at a large level, which is my lifelong work, is... I believe that every, the world needs chiropractors. The world needs chiropractic. The world doesn't need more chiropractors to see personal injury patients. Yeah, they just, you yeah. know, the world needs more chiropractic. And in the next episode, I'd like to maybe unpack a little bit more of, you know, how does this blend with your expertise, Joe? Because we were having a discussion outside of the rooms here that were just so phenomenal about metabolic problems and how do you how do you how do you bridge those two things? And I'd love to unpack some of that, especially for the students uh, that are going to be like just eager to want to know some more of this. Well, even even the practitioner that's out there for 20 years, understand metabolic derangement and trauma and what we're doing in some of the icon uh, clinics, uh, revolutionary clinics like yours, where you're bringing in a metabolic function. You're looking at physical, you're looking at muscle uh, the management of repair, subluxation, and what you're doing in your centers that are actually making massive change to, uh, to people and getting people in the personal injury uh, industry to see you're getting outcome. Because what I didn't realize is I didn't think the attorney cared about anything. I thought it was just money. But they want their clients better. And they're proud when they send them to a chiropractor that gets results, gets the outcome. Of course, they want to see a settlement. But you're making people better, and they're bragging. They're bragging that their attorney said, go see that guy. And that's where we want the profession to be raised in that we are serving what we do. Like you said, these are just injured people and we're just taking the best care of them possible and they can't stop bragging about uh, chiropractic, right? Well, yeah. And one more thing, if new patients are coming through the door, you know, we as chiropractors, we have an intention to be that person's chiropractor for the rest of their existence on the planet, right? And their, and their whole families, 
but we have to earn that right. But when you have personal injury, you got tons of new patient opportunities that people are really injured, people that you are going to substantiate clinically that need future care. How easy is it to go ahead and to parlay them into a, you know, a wellness or a maintenance plan after you're done with initial corrective intensive care? Yeah, I've never seen anyone do that like you in this profession. I've been doing this for almost 30 years and I've never seen anyone turn personal injury patients into wellness, cash pain patients that bring in their families, understand the essence and value of chiropractic, and continue on the chiropractic journey for life. That's why I wanted you on the podcast. So we're going to open the next one with that concept of how you created subluxation-based managing uh, these accident cases. So I love you. I appreciate you. I, I think uh, you've done so much for this profession. And I think this next uh, contribution, the next decade is going to be giving back to all these people that need some of the uh, scar tissue and insights that you have. So thanks so much, Ready? Thank you for having me. This episode was brought to you by Align Life Chiropractic and Natural Health Centers. If you're interested in creating your dream practice or want to know more about Align Life, go to alignlifepodcast.com.